0: All right, everyone, we have an incredibly special guest today, Australian supermodel Robin Lolly is joining us and I have been waiting to interview this woman for a long time. She's not only an incredibly world-renowned supermodel but she's also an eco activist she is a body positivity advocate a wellness advocate you've talked a lot about your own experience with i mean more recently seizures
1: epilepsy i'm so excited to have you on the show thank you for being here thank you so much for having me it's you know i always love when women can talk openly to each other it's such a breath of fresh air i feel like this time period is like People just not caring anymore which is like it's so refreshing like I got to interview such amazing people last year and they just let it go and I think that honesty is what I've always been after and if I had it as a teenager if I could have seen that honesty I think I would have thought differently about my body so much quicker I don't know mm-hmm. what your experience was with your own body as a teenager but mine was awful <laughs>
0: It wasn't very good. Let me tell you that much. (laughs) It was not great.
1: Brutal, isn't it?
0: Well, it's so interesting sitting here looking at you and obviously you are stunning and you have this career as a supermodel, which means that, you know, you're fitting very closely to that societal definition of what a perfect, beautiful woman should look like. So it's so interesting hearing you say that you've had struggles with your body and body image let's dive into that tell me a little bit more about what has led you to this place where you now have your own podcast called everybody you've spoken very openly and honestly about this modeling industry tell me what spurred all of that
1: for you well I think the beginning of my career was so brutal they weren't very open-minded back then and you know I tried to model because everyone would come up to me and I was so I was tall I was six over six foot at 15. And you know, I looked okay. My my auntie used to model, so it was like within the family, you right? Know? Yeah. Um, so people would tell me, and then when I actually went and tried, it was such a different experience. And like, they were just ruthless. They would, you know, tear apart my body. You know, when I walked into the agency, they're like, "Yeah, you know, you look alright, but you'd have to lose like five sizes." And five sizes. Yeah, and I was a fifteen-year-old girl. It was so, I was so young and I tried, you know, I was like, okay, no worries. Got it. You know, it was a brilliant career to take on, you know, I was stuck in Western Sydney, Australia, and they were giving me the chance to travel the world if I just lost five sizes. So, you know, I took it upon myself to do it and I starved, you know, I just starved myself and I, you know, hated my body for holding me back. And they would give me opportunities. So I would, you know, do a model job here and there. And they would be like your face, but, you know, <laughs> but your body.
0: Like your face is acceptable. We love your face. We want your face, but your body, no.
1: Yeah. And, you know, they just tell it how it is. And it was such a different, I mean, they still do, to be honest, if you try to join a modeling agency, you have to get a tough skin and I, you know, was extreme vegan back then as a teenager as well. I'm a vegan now, but more for ethical reasons. And back then I was doing it more to control what I was eating. Yes. I don't know, my body just repelled it. I just couldn't get the weight down. No matter how hard I tried, my bro- my bone structure, I'm a broad person, you know, I'm a big mm. person and there's nothing to be ashamed about, you know? It's like, get the clothes bigger, people. Like, what's <laughs> the problem like- Yes, yes. I don't understand sample size being like this, you know, they want you to be a mannequin literally down the runway. And I loved when women had a bit of curve. I was so into Beyonce and like, I thought it was so sexy. You know, I, I didn't understand that part. And so I kind of was like, screw this. I'm not doing this anymore. And I've just left the game. And it was my agent still to this day that saw me and was like, you can be a model and I'm just going to change your world. So, you know, it just takes
0: one person to see you and believe in you and to not accept the way that things are
1: to someone having you know that acceptance of my body suddenly made me go, why do I care so much? You know, if she's accepting my body as is and can get me work as is, you know, maybe I can stay as is and yes. it was such a breath of fresh air.
0: So. I mean, at 14, 15, we are all so impressionable. And our desire to fit in and be liked and to receive affirmation from the adults around us is so yeah. strong. So I can only imagine how impactful it would have been to have people say like your face is okay but your body is a no and you can't work here and you don't fit in with all of these other girls who are kind of probably idolized in a lot of different
1: ways. That was the height of Gemma Ward's career really thin was in. Do you
0: mind me asking how old you are?
1: I am 32. I had to think. You're that.
0: 32 okay I'm 36 so A similar age like when I was a teenager it was Kate Moss and the incredibly wavy model and then it moved into this Victoria's Secret supermodel era where the girls were quote-unquote more curvy and (laughs) (laughs) athletic and this is not a hit against any of these women it's the body type that's portrayed in media that we then try to emulate or that we idolize and that isn't the reality for most of our bodies. One thing I'm curious about is when you were younger, you were extreme vegan, but it wasn't for the same reasons that you are right now. And I think this whole conversation around our food preferences is so interesting because I know a number of people who are vegan and it is because they are looking out for the planet. It feels conflicting for them to eat products that are coming from animals and they enjoy the food more. That seems to be what they're leaning towards. But I know a lot of people as well, where it almost takes on this orthorexia tendency of constricting and cutting out a lot of different foods for people. So have you always been a vegan? Did you leave that for a while?
1: I left it for a little while, like 20 to about 26 or 27. I mean, I had a whole cookbook dedicated to really decadent dishes, kind of the opposite to to what I probably should have been eating at the time. I have to say, I kind of let myself go in a sense of just like, I wanted that freedom back because I had been so controlling. So I just let it go and just delved into food like I'd never delved into food before.
0: I Um, often talk with clients. And in my um, group coaching program, the raw beauty reset of this idea of this pendulum swinging. And often when we've restricted, it's like, we've pulled the pendulum up on one side. And so when people start their healing journey with food, or when they reach that breaking point, they'll swing in the other direction. And we often see this as well, just with like restricting day to day that people restrict during the day. And then they binge at night and this this swinging of the pendulum. So it sounds to me like you hit a breaking point and you're, and the pendulum just went swinging in the other direction, which is so yeah. normal and part of the healing process. And now do you find that you still struggle with food at all? Or like, no, what's I your relationship thought- with food? Like now?
1: I'm like a food porn person. Like <laughs> I love food. I'm like addicted to food still. Like I love cooking. Like I think I would have been a chef at a restaurant had I not, you know, gone modeling I have to say I went vegan again to start to put my lupus into remission. There was a medical medical reason behind it, and I have to drink these massive green smoothies every day, like every day. I can't miss it. And it worked. It put my lupus into remission. So I have to do it. It's something I have to do because lupus is deadly. Like lupus is awful. Like if anyone out there has lupus, like you have to follow goodbye lupus She's on Instagram, but she's a doctor and she's incredible. And I think, like I said, I went so opposite and I got really sick. You know, I I developed lupus and it just ruined my life. Like after Mm. my daughter was born, I had a stroke. That's how serious lupus is. And what
0: is lupus? I mean, I obviously heard about it, but I actually haven't met anybody who's had it. Can you tell for any of us who are ignorant to what lupus
1: is (laughs) a little bit more (laughs) detail around it? It's so confusing. It's an autoimmune condition where your body basically starts attacking itself. Mm. And it takes like 11 different things to like diagnose. It's really complicated. Mm. It led to APS to me, which is a blood clotting uh, issue. So after my daughter was born, my body was just in free fall and I had a a stroke because of the APS, but I didn't even know I had lupus. Like it's something that you might have and you don't even you know, have any, you know, if by getting a rash is usually the first uh, sign of lupus. But But we all
0: get rashes like, and things like that pop up all the time and you change your skin product. And then you're like, what am I eating? That's giving me this. So you would never know right away
1: with some of those early symptoms. It's so complicated to get diagnosed lupus and it takes so long for doctors to figure it out. Finally, when they do and finally you realize what you have Then you can start treating it, but they have such hardcore drugs for it. They treat it with like chemotherapy and like they want your immunity to stop attacking itself because that's what your body is in. And this doctor, she has the opposite. She's like, hypernourish your body. You've got to hypernourish your body. So, like, think of like the every green's essential. So I have, I have so much greens like kale and spinach, like so much of that. And flaxseed for omega-3. And everyone's like, where do you get it if you're a vegan? And I'm like, flaxseeds. There's so seeds. many
0: options. There's so many options as yeah. a vegan. Now we know so much about the different ways of nourishing yourself. But you do have to be conscious and aware. Kind of yeah. same with everyone.
1: I took this on with a doctor, with a rheumatologist. I wasn't like just going to give it a try. It took like eight months to get it down. And I still, like I said, have to drink those smoothies every day. Like after this phone call, I'm going to have my giant smoothie. And it's mm. giant. It's not like you're, it's like six to eight cups of spinach. So wow. It's, but I saw my dad, want, he had cancer and unfortunately he passed away. But mm-hmm. I saw my father uh, reduce his cancer going raw vegan. So I had witnessed diet help someone before. Yes. And then he had cancer again and he didn't do the raw vegan and he died. And I kind of was like, I wish he had done the raw vegan again. And I wish people would use hypernourishment to heal their bodies more than they Mm. give it credit for, you know, there's
0: so much power in, in food and food really can be, uh, an incredibly powerful medicine as well. Obviously not negating advice from doctors here or anything like that, but just, diving into what can you add to your diet? I think so often in this world of health and wellness, we hear about like what you need to remove and what you should avoid and cutting this out and cutting that out. And I love this idea of what are all the things that you can add? Even when I'm having my morning coffee, I'm like, what adaptogens can I fit into this thing to like, you know, help bring more nourishment to my body or into the smoothie or on top of my peanut butter toast, like hemp yeah. parts and chia seeds and all of these different beautiful items that can just Add that little extra boost.
1: Obviously, if you are really sick, like go the full way that she wants you to go, because my doctor would even want me to go like more, but I love my food. And that's why I deal with this kind of way. But like I said, if you're if you are currently sick, if you've got cancer, or if you've got an autoimmune disease, seriously give this a try. Like go all in, you know, give this like hypernourishment. But you do have to cut out some food groups. And that's why veganism is my, you know, way, because I I'm an environmentalist. So for me, I'm always trying to get people to cut out dairy too. Dairy is so influ- like inflammatory. So you want to cut out cheese and you want to cut out that, unfortunately, that whole food group if you can. So yeah.
0: I always find it so tricky, like having recovered from an eating disorder and having so much fear around different foods. Now I'm in a place where I eat intuitively and I have I definitely eat more plant-based than ever before. And I'm, I still have it. I have dairy and I found for my mental health and in healing my eating disorder that it's been at this stage, like the restrictive mindset is triggering to that. And I just find myself wanting those foods more, but what's interesting. I posted something on Instagram the other day that was like a video reel over some audio that said gorgeous, gorgeous girls love eating carbs. They know that, you know, carbs give energy and stuff. And somebody messaged me in my DMS. She said, I have an autoimmune illness. And I actually find this message really triggering because I can't have those things right now. And it, it, it impacts my body's levels. And so carbs are actually not supportive to me. And I can see for you dealing with stroke and epilepsy, and a lot of people really like struggling with anxiety and depression, that there are times when, in order to heal our body, we may need to remove certain food groups. But I always just want people to be conscious who are listening because I know there's lots of people trying to heal their relationship with food here to know yourself and your body and where you're at in the journey and continuously tuning into that as well. You know, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I, you know, I think about the animals thoughts. That's what I think about. So I think about all those poor animals out there and I go to this Woodstock farm sanctuary and I get to play with the animals and, you know, shovel their shit and like look after them and their rescues from farms. And I think the farms are disgusting. And I think we can't live and sustain these farms. You know, we can't sustain animal agriculture. It's not healthy for our planet anymore. And you can have the food that you want. You can have it all. You can have it all as a vegan. And I think once people know that, like I think we're going to witness within our own lives a vegan future because it's not sustainable. We can't fish like that. We can't kill the animals like that. And I know it is triggering. And I know some people don't want to talk about food like that because they were, you know, former anorexia or bulimia. But just try to know that I still, I love food. Like, (laughs) yes, food food is my world. Like food is my everything. It's just know that you can have it in a vegan form. You know, you don't have to have it in that other way.
0: It's shifting that mindset around it. I think it's so important to have these conversations. And I completely agree that the way we're doing things is not sustainable, that it's not, we're not living compassionately. And that doesn't feel aligned with me or the way that I want to raise my children I'm so glad we're having this conversation because it is something that a lot of people feel. And then it's also like, how do we have balance? But I love this idea of perhaps just exploring more plant-based recipes and yeah, looking at different blogs yeah. and And having fun with it, like getting creative with different tastes and flavors and veggies and smoothies and mixes and again, continuing to focus on like, what can I add in and what can I try and what can I can, how can
1: I move in this direction without it becoming constrictive, Mm -hmm. you know? Exploring more. I just started, uh, one of my good friends, Greg, he messaged me the other night and, you know, he really loves his meat, um, but the other night he was making seitan for the first time. Yeah. And one of my recipes, because he loved this sauce I made once for him, he was just like, he came over and I made this like wonton sauce and he was like, what the hell was that lady? <laughs> like, <laughs> I need that, you know, and that's, my, that's my jam. I love making people just like, I love seeing their faces light up when they eat my food. It's like the biggest, gives me the biggest rush. And so- oh. I'd Do you have a your- vegan cookbook yet? Uh, well, I'm just giving it out all for free on Instagram. Like, cause I had a cookbook and I kind of feel guilty about my cookbook. Cause I had, like I said, a lot of meat in it. So this is kind of like here it is for free. And if you want to try it, it's all there. Like you've got hundreds of recipes to choose from the information's there and, I'm going to start filming it more because, you know, Instagram's moved to buddy video. Video.
0: (laughs) I know. Uh,
1: um, (laughs) I like videos, you know, and I follow Instagram now mainly for food. (laughs) Yes. Yes. food And funny videos myself. So, yeah. Well, we'll
0: make sure that we link to your Instagram page so people can find inspiration there. And I'm also going to link to some of my favorite plant-based blogs and Instagram pages as well
1: and my doctor goodbye lupus goodbye lupus she's life-changing
0: okay amazing we'll make sure that we link to her as well and i'm excited to hear about people exploring this a little bit more and diving into it and i would also love to hear from those of you who are vegan who are tuning in if you have any recipes or blogs or information that you want to share with us send me a dm at Beauty Talks, and we'll make sure that we include it here so that we have a great resource for everyone Robin, you have a podcast, you've had some incredible guests, Jamila Jamil, Taraya Pitt. I mean, so many women and the podcast is called everybody. And you talk about how to find body acceptance in a body shaming world. I absolutely love this whole conversation that you're having. And I want to dive in with you today to talk specifically about tips that people can use to find more acceptance for their body when maybe they feel like their body has let them down or that it hasn't done what they feel that it should do. I know I've heard from so many women who are struggling with infertility or chronic disease or um, whose body doesn't fit the mold of what Society accepts us being beautiful and they struggle. We all struggle at some level to accept our bodies. Mm -hmm. So what have you learned along the way in all of these incredible interviews and in your own personal experience can really help with this?
1: Yeah. I mean, just, you know, loving oneself, I think going out into nature can really help. You know, that's my kind of advice. I love getting out into mother nature and going for walks and hikes and kind of getting out of that realm of insecurity and you know, for me, it's kind of a little bit challenging with, you know, epilepsy, like seizures, because sometimes I wake up and I'm smashed up, like, I'm I've you know, had crazy accidents now. And I know out there for epileptics, it's really, it's really sensitive subject to talk about, because sometimes you don't know when it's going to happen. And, you know, when you wake up, you have significant injuries to suddenly come to terms with. I've learned through like Turia Pitt was one of my favorite persons to interview. And, mm-hmm you know, she's had such an extreme accident, but she's come out on top, you know, and she hasn't let that stop her in life. And she has a family and she still runs and she still does her own thing. And she's beautiful in that respect that she does what she wants. And I think, you know, I'm living the same way. I'm not letting it hold me back. And I'm, you know, trying to still travel the world and still model and still cook and still get out in mother nature. Like, I think don't let your illness, if you have a significant illness, hold you back. Like, you've got, you know, this time period, like use it for what you have it for. And there's always someone worse off than you, obviously, but there's always, you know, I think mother nature is so beautiful. I I live in the woods, so I have it pretty lucky, you know, I don't really have much to complain about, but I always think of, you know, just use what you've got and be excited for life.
0: I love that. One of the things that I heard there is A lot of people can have it worse than you, which made me come back to this idea of gratitude, which some people will roll their eyes because everyone hears about having a gratitude practice. But as I'm doing more work on cultivating a mindset of abundance and gratitude, I really feel the shifts. Like when we focus our attention on all of the things that are going well and all of the things that we have and all of anyone who's listening to this podcast has a lot, like you're listening to it on a phone or a computer, or perhaps driving in your car. Like we have things to be grateful for and things that can be outside of our bodies, but just focusing on and bringing some attention to what you're grateful for can be really powerful when those limiting beliefs or negative thoughts start to pop up. For those of you who don't know, Pitt was. In a running race, I believe,
1: in and
0: in a marathon, and a wildfire sparked up, and her body was severely burned. I haven't had the opportunity to interview her, but I followed her story closely. I mean, her healing process would have taken years and been continuous. Uh, the number of surgeries she would have gone through would have been tremendous. What is something common that you've heard from the women that you've? interviewed that have helped them find solitude in in these difficult moments.
1: Well, they're all all the women that I interviewed were all so strong in their personalities. They all just knew who they were. And that's yeah. what was such a, I don't know, it was such a breath of fresh air to really interview these strong, really strong women. And you know, they all just owned who they were too. So it's just like owning who they are, just strong in who they are. And you know, for me, to get that feeling within my own body, I think yoga is a really great, you know, source. I love doing yoga or a form of exercise. Like everyone, those women had a form of exercise. So I think you know, get a form of exercise to get those endorphins, to make you feel strong within your own body. I think that was all something really common within the women and I love to practice. So yeah, I think just like confidence, you know, was really impressive. And oh,
0: I think that the exercise piece is so key. And again, this can become something where so many women have a rocky relationship with exercise, but really taking that perspective of increasing endorphins, boosting your mood, finding your power, finding your strength, getting the release and doing something that you enjoy as yeah. well
1: is really key. Do it like, And I love this yoga teacher. I follow Bethany Lyons. She was in New York City. She was a bad And I used to do her class and it used to be packed and sweaty. And like, it was one of those ones that you'd see in a New York City movie. And now because of COVID, she's doing them online. So anyone can enjoy her power and she puts awesome music on. So it's not yet yoga, like boring yoga. It's like yoga to like epic beats and stuff that, you know, is fun. I don't know. Oh, I I would love this. I'm going to check her out. Yeah. Lion's Den
0: lion's den. Okay. We'll link to that as well. Now, the other thing you mentioned owning who you are and you're talking about these other women, but that's exactly what you did. And ultimately your career took off was rather than starving yourself and trying to fit into this mold, you got to the point where this agent was like, no, 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 no. We're going to make the mold fit to you. And here we go. And you've owned your body and your shape. And like, it's inspired millions of women and create a, like help to create this whole new arm of the industry in modeling
1: that's very it's very sweet of you to say and you know it took a lot of women before me doing the same thing and seeing them change the industry that gave me the confidence so i you know pay respect to like crystal wren was such an epic yeah. model and i used to love her you know editorials so she made me want to model so the fact that she existed you know i want to pay my respect to her but Thank you to all the women before them that you know. Just like I said, just owning who you are and just being like, "Yeah, you want me to lose weight? but I don't give a shit. Like, I'm going to stay who I am." And yeah, you have to get the clothes fit me. And <laughs> yes, right, very easy Thank situation to fix. Like, oh. and thankfully, it's changed. You know, we have such badasses out there now, and so so much diversity and within age too. And age is the next frontier because we only ever see like the youngest ever. But yeah, age, skin color, race, you know, sizing. I think it's such a refreshing time period right now.
0: I agree entirely. I also think that one of the things that I've heard in all the interviews that I've done in conversations like this is seeing women who break the mold or who look different and who are powerful and out there using their voices and standing in purpose and doing like cool things is incredibly important in helping other women accept their unique bodies Mm -hmm. as well. And so I'm curious in the interviews that you've done and connecting with all of these incredible women, has it changed your view of beauty at all? Or have you found that you've had a deeper sense of self-acceptance in getting to participate in those conversations and just see and hear from different women?
1: That's a good question. Yeah, definitely. Like some of the answers blew me away. I wasn't, you know, ready for the series at all because COVID happened. And then this series presented itself. And, you know, I didn't think much of it at the beginning, but when I started interviewing these women, I was just kind of like blown away. It was, it was such a breath of fresh air for me at the time, because I'd been through a bunch of seizures. So I looked messed up. So I was interviewing these women at a time where my face couldn't even be used, you know, so it was refreshing in that sense that as a model for once, it didn't matter how I looked and the people I was interviewing, they cared about my opinion. So as a woman, my opinion suddenly mattered. It it was, you know, yeah, it was an amazing series. And the answers of these women, we just got such a, I think, a varied bunch of women that you just want to know what they, their thoughts are. And I, that's who we got. And that's why I loved interviewing them. It was fun and interesting.
0: Oh, I love it. I would say if you're not a podcast host yourself, which is totally fine, that there's so much opportunity to surround yourself with images of different body types and more importantly, the voices of different women who are doing different things so that we continue to instill that narrative within ourselves that we are more than our bodies. We actually bring something else to the table than just the way that we look and understanding. I think when you see women in different body types, skin colors, shapes, and sizes doing things, it really opens up the door for you to understand that as you said earlier, Robin, like you don't have to push pause on your life because of your illness or your weight or whatever circumstance you're in right now, we can can always continue to move forward and take steps forward and push forward little by little.
1: Yeah. You know, don't let anything stop you, especially in terms of autoimmunes, because it can happen, you know, cancer can happen, autoimmunes can happen. That kind of stuff can really, can come into people's life and just throw their lives upside down, but you can, you can choose to treat it in a different way and take it, I don't know, to get yourself better.
0: I was going to ask, you know, what are sort of some of the key stepping stones that you use or take or walk along when you wake up on those days when you're like low? I mean, we all have those days when it, when you feel frustrated by your illnesses or when you're like, I don't like, I don't want to keep doing this or in doing it in this way. You mentioned getting out into nature, cooking, doing yoga for you. Do you ever have those intrusive thoughts where you're just like really pissed off about your illness or really negative yeah.
1: about it? <laughs> yes, yes. I think we all have those days. I think everyone has those moments and those thoughts. And I think, You know, I join a lot of forums. You know, a lot of epilepsy forums for myself because I like talking to people that suffer them epilepsy themselves because they'll have some form of understanding. But yeah, are I, they
0: like, oh my God, Robin Lolly's talking to me right now in this forum.
1: What's uh, happening? <laughs> we all just let it, let it rant on those forums. And I think it's brilliant. So I think if you do have a kind of illness, maybe find those forums and let it let it go. But yeah, I like I said, I use those other tools, like getting out to nature is really important. You know, eating well is really important. Getting my smoothies in, you know, just focusing on health and wellness and relaxing, you know, just trying to relax. If you can, like, don't worry, everyone gets those moments and everyone gets those thoughts. So they're completely normal. And you just, I don't know, you just got to focus on the good and I focus on my little kid and my daughter, you know, she's so beautiful. So there's other priorities in life.
0: I love that. If I told you that you could write one final email that was going to land in the inbox of every single woman in the world. And then that was your last email. What would you write?
1: I mean, mine's
0: like go vegan, bitch.
1: <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Great, <laughs> go vegan, bitch.
1: I'm into it. <laughs> yeah. No, a lot yeah. Of, yeah,
0: a lot of impact in that one simple sentence, right? Oh, a lot man. of I a lot of
1: healing. I would get. Oh God, I would get some angry people, <laughs> and you would get
0: some really really happy people, and. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like our, whatever your message is to the world, it doesn't matter what other people think. And I hope you don't think that I'm angry about your message around veganism. I'm really just trying to be conscious of knowing who's listening to the podcast and all different backgrounds and things, but I find it so interesting and cook way more plant-based than ever before and like lean in that direction, but also with, uh, a lot of compassion for how things were for me for a long time and, and not wanting to go back to that space either. So go vegan, bitch. That's the message. Okay. And then if you're off to an island, you could take a backpack with three self-care tools. What tools would you be packing? Sunscreen. Sunscreen. Yes. (laughs)
1: Unfortunately, Um, my green smoothie, if I could pack that and a camera. And a camera. Can you tell me what's in your green smoothie? Well, I use baby spinach because kale, if you use kale, it tastes like dirt. Like
0: <laughs> Kale is also so rough on, I find on my stomach. My stomach's yeah. like, uh-uh, no, no. Just like a little bit is fine, but like six yeah. cups of kale would be...
1: It's really good for you if you wanted to, if you're really in, inflamed right now. The kale is the good route, but it's also, it also tastes like shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I stick to baby spinach and okay. it, the spinach tastes good and okay. a lot of it. So, six cups, six cups. minimum, if you okay. can. Yeah. And I'm talking if you're sick at the moment, do that smoothie twice a day. So, like, crazy amount. Like, think of hypernourish your body. Six cups and then. Two tablespoons of flax seeds. And if you don't like flax seeds, do flax seed oil, but flax seeds is better. And a frozen banana okay, and water. And that's it. Okay. I'm going to make this one. It
0: sounds amazing and very close to what I have. Would you ever do coconut milk or coconut water? Or are you just like straight no, water? Can.
1: No, I sometimes add some apple juice, you know, some days when I'm like trying to <laughs> <laughs> During those pale days, I definitely add apple juice and I have like an amazing local farm and they have incredible apple juice so migarellis yeah. so I can't help but add it. but if she knew she'd be like, no 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 Robin, no, no, no. <laughs> no cutting corners over there. get yeah, that apple no, juice out of there. Yeah,
0: amazing, amazing. I can't wait to try it and I'm so grateful for you for carving out time to be on the show today and to share some body <laughs> acceptance yeah.
1: tools. Thank you so much for having me. And like I said, bringing up these subjects is so important for women out there and please love your body for what it is. Like, oh, yeah, what it I is. I love it.
0: I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. Bye. Thank you. Bye. So usually after I have an interview with a guest, I record an intro and I talk about, you know, what's coming in the episode and share a little bit of, bit more color on the guest and who they are and all the amazing things about them. And for this episode, I felt called to do more of an outro to kind of unpack some thoughts that I have about the conversation that Robin and I had. And uh, I thought I would share that with you as well. So veganism is something that I have been very curious about and that's piqued my interest the more and more i hear about it it feels really aligned in regards to a more compassionate approach to life and existing with these little beings that are around us but i also have a lot of you know mixed feelings about it as well because i know in the past i would have used this as a way of controlling what I was eating and creating these rigid guidelines or sort of walls to exist within. There's also this dialogue in the health and wellness world about us needing a lot of protein. And back in the day that protein, it was often suggested that you have like chicken breasts with everything. And so I have this dialogue in my mind that I need protein in order to balance blood sugar levels and in order to build muscle and in order to have slow burning fuel and energy for my body. Now, we know more and more that plant-based foods can provide a lot of protein and that some of the metrics around how much protein we've been told that we need is inflated, especially in the world of health and wellness and outside of what we're told from our medical professionals. So lots of conflicting dialogue in my mind about this. And I had a conversation with Morgan Harper Nichols, who's an incredible poet and artist. She was on the show a few weeks ago. And she opened up for the first time ever about the fact that she is vegan and she is plant-based and she had a lot of... I don't know. She felt really conflicted about this. And she also felt conflicted about it because sometimes, even though she considers herself to be plant-based vegan she'll have honey or she might indulge in something that doesn't fall within those guidelines. And so we talked about the fact that often with different eating practices, whether it's like counting macros or doing keto or cutting out carbs or being vegan, that we can create these boundaries or guidelines. And we feel like we're being bad if we color outside the lines. So if this episode piqued your interest at all in regards to veganism, I just want to offer a suggestion to you. Can you try eating more plant-based? Can you explore more recipes? Can you uh, make more choices that feel aligned and in that direction without it having to be so black and white? I mean... If, if you feel strongly that you want to be a vegan and that is what is most aligned with you, by all means, go for it. Do it. Thank you on behalf of our planet and all people. And as always on this show, I really encourage you to do what feels best for you and your body. So what's working for Robin and sounds like it's very important for her health and well being, and has helped her heal is incredible. And it's exactly what she should be doing, but just because it's right for her doesn't mean it's right for you and your body and your healing path that you are on. So anytime you're listening to this podcast, I want you to take the information that resonates with you, but also feel free to leave some behind. Or to take the information and to put your own spin on it. You don't have to copy or follow exactly what somebody else did. So reflect on what's worked for you and what hasn't worked for you in the past. Feel free to get curious and explore more, to try things out, to lean a little further in one direction. And know that there's no right or wrong way to eat or to practice wellness or to move your body. It really is about continuously tuning in to notice what is right for you. For some people, that will be veganism. For some people that will be enjoying meat based proteins. And for I think many of us starting to lean further along the spectrum towards plant based, but still allowing ourselves to eat those other things in our diet as well. So. Take a moment, consider what feels right for you. Know that whatever you decide, you are supported in. And uh, all I really want is for you to identify what is going to allow you personally to feel your happiest and healthiest. All right, everyone. If this episode was helpful or interesting, if you know anybody struggling with chronic illness or even things like infertility, where we can feel like our body is not acting in the way that we were hoping that it would or where we're disappointed with or struggling to accept ourselves. I would love it if you could share it with those individuals or take a screenshot and share it on your own social media. That's all for today. I will see you next week. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week.